This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, 14th of September. In your Squiz today, farewell to an Indigenous icon, a queen-sized crowd, living La Niña Loca, and awarding our lockdown favourites. This is your Squiz today. Claire, yesterday we lost an Aussie icon with the death of Indigenous actor, artist and activist Uncle Jack Charles at the age of 79 following a stroke. He died in Melbourne yesterday morning surrounded by his family. They led the tributes yesterday saying that they were uh, proud of everything that he's achieved and they listed all of those achievements. Uh, They said he was an elder, actor, musician, potter, activist, mentor and household name and voice loved by all. Uh, He had been on the stage and screen since the 1970s and he appeared in films like The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith uh, and more recently the ABC TV hit Preppers. Uh, That led Prime Minister Anthony Albanese to say that he leaves a joyous legacy and Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews said that he was a great Victorian uh, who, and this is the quote, uh, took his own personal pain and the great trauma that he had suffered in his life to be a beacon for others. Yes, Uncle Jack's death has really hit hard for a lot of people because he was also a passionate advocate for many different groups, including the Stolen Generations, young people who've been incarcerated and members of the LGBTQIA community. Yeah, so just a bit of the backstory to that. He was taken from his mother at four months old. He was abused in state care and he only learned his father's name in 2021 when he was taking part in that SBS series, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? Uh, As a young man, he was incarcerated several times and he battled a heroin addiction, but he got his life back on track and he co-founded Australia's first Indigenous theatre group. Its name is Nindathana and he He advocated for First Nations people right up until his death. That included just earlier this year when he was the first witness before Victoria's Truth-Telling Commission, uh, and he also exposed problems with the Stolen Generation's reparation payments. Um, And he was a proud gay man who was really an inspiration to many in that community. Indigenous Affairs Minister Linda Burney has perhaps summed up his legacy the best, saying he offered a window for many Australians to see the enduring pain of survivors of the stolen generations and inspired people with his strength of character and resilience. Of course, many people are also still reeling from the loss of Queen Elizabeth Clare, including in Scotland, where tens or even hundreds of thousands of people queued to file past her coffin in St Giles's Cathedral in Edinburgh. And there's more to come. Yeah, there's a lot more to come. Uh, Some of those pictures out of Edinburgh yesterday were quite extraordinary. And what authorities in London are saying is that they're preparing for 750,000 to a million people who are hoping to have that opportunity to file past her coffin as it lies at rest in London. Uh, Her coffin will arrive at Westminster Hall after a procession from Buckingham Palace, and that hall can accommodate just 350,000 people 
over the four days before her funeral. Um, Those who are allowed to join the queue can expect to line up for up to 35 hours. So there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Yes, just to give you some perspective, experts have described the scale of the event as the biggest policing operation that UK police have ever dealt with. Another issue impacting people all over the world, Claire, is the wet weather. And after weeks of speculation, our Bureau of Meteorology has confirmed that La Nina is back for spring and summer. Now, normally, Siobhan, when something momentous happens, I let out a woohoo, but I don't think that's the right response in this case. Uh, It's La Nina's third consecutive visit. She is totally obsessed with Australia's east and north, and it's not always been a problem. La Nina was welcomed back in 2020 to 21 after the devastating droughts that ended in 2019, Uh, but a double up at the end of last year and at the start of this year brought extreme flooding, particularly to northern New South Wales and Queensland. So you can understand the concern about what a third time around might mean, um, given that the ground is already saturated and our rivers and water catchments are full. Yes, experts say it's too soon to predict if and when we are in for more floods. But one thing we do know is that it's best to make a plan if you live in a flood-prone area. And if you're not sure what to do, check in with your local state emergency services. Staying at home, Claire, a damning inquiry by the New South Wales gaming regulator has found that the Star Entertainment Group is unfit to hold a licence for its Sydney casino in Piermont. Yeah, and that wasn't a huge surprise. It was really expected after damning evidence was heard at an inquiry that started in March and that probed allegations of money laundering and criminal infiltration and corporate cover-ups at the Star's Sydney Casino. Um, As a result, the boss Matt Bikia and the chairman John O'Neill resigned and yesterday the Independent Casino Commission Chief Philip Crawford said that the company tended to ignore the issues and tried to hide their poor conduct. Uh, In a couple of weeks, we'll hear if the star will lose its casino licence or whether it will have some other sort of penalty applied. Yes, and there could be more bad news for the company as the star is also facing a similar probe into its suitability to hold a licence at both of its Queensland casinos. Speaking of entertainment, Claire, many of the TV shows that kept people going during lockdown last year have been recognised at the 74th Emmy Awards with some clear favourites taking out the top gongs. And Siobhan, I reckon I could have been one of those judges having watched, I think, pretty much every TV show that's been (laughs) produced in the last year. Uh, But as for the Emmys, as expected, Succession was again crowned the best drama series and Ted Lasso took out the comedy series crown. Uh, I'm pretty happy with both of those. I thought they were both pretty good. Another big success story was The White Lotus, which took home the trophies for best limited series, best director and best writing. Uh, And Australia his own Murray Bartlett won Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series for The White Lotus. So well done to him. Yeah, absolutely love that show and his performance is, is hilarious. So good. And, of course, we have to mention the top moment of the night when Abbott Elementary's Cheryl Lee Ralph broke into song after winning Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy, becoming the second black woman in Emmy's history to do it. It was really something special, so I will put a link to that in your episode notes. 
Claire, it's that time again when you need to ensure your iPhone has the latest software update. We're now up to iOS 16. (laughs) Don't you love the chore of updating your (laughs) Apple software? But look, here we go again. And this is a good one to do because it allows users to edit or even delete sent messages. So on your iPhone or on your Apple device, this is the text messaging service. And you've got up to 15 minutes to get rid of your typos or uh, probably in some people I know's case to get rid of their misplaced declarations of love, uh, it's a good opportunity to review. Yeah, there's nothing worse than when you accidentally post a message in the wrong group chat. (laughs) You can't undo it. I think there'll be a lot of people happy about that change. Squiz the day, Claire. National Cabinet will reconvene today and it seems pandemic leave payments are back on the agenda. So these are the payments for workers who get COVID and they aren't covered by sick leave. Um, Last month, Prime Minister Albanese and his team said that they couldn't afford to extend it past the end of this month. Uh, But looking at some of the media yesterday, uh, the Prime Minister's hinted that he might extend it after all. So let's wait and see. Uh, Also in Canberra, the chair of the Technology Council and the Tesla board chair, Robin Denholm. She's going to address the National Press Club. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, it's all happening in the nation's capital today. That's it from us today. Have a very happy hump day and we will see you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.